Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly, and I'm joined by uh, not producer, presenter Tim. Hello there. Hiya, Tim. Uh, and also joining us because, um, well, thanks very much for stepping in at last minute um, because Ben is doing other things and Liam is currently in transit on planes, trains and automobiles. But joining us today is Dom Flanagan from the 1-8 Firecast 6. <laughs> Hi. Hi, mate. How's it going? It's going all right, thank you. I've had so, some sleep. You've had a little bit. You've managed to get home. Storm Aisha didn't upset you too much compared to some other people. Um, uh, we'll, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. Um, so um, today we're going to talk about um, there's been two store championships. We think the last two store championships that are going to happen because the cutoff for them is the end of the month um at firestorm cards in uh firestorm cards store champs at the gaming den and then at replay games in uh northern ireland um as well as that we've got the las vegas open um so uh this weekend we've had a lot of the kind of um one of the the two kind of big pre-worlds things where people tend to look at right this is going to be the meta for worlds the other one is obviously going to be the sith taker open we're now going to need to talk about you know how the introduction of endor is going to change that and we'll talk about that a little bit today and over coming weeks as well um but las vegas is always a really good indicator of what um american competitive players are looking at playing um as well as then obviously the sith taker open being kind of a a, a uk with a flavor of european players are looking at playing so um it's going to be interesting to have a look um so um i mean like long thing short congratulations dom you won another store championship i guess whatever like Thanks. add it to the pile <laughs> What, what what have you what have you started doing with your um I, I, you know you don't you don't get plaques and things do you just started no. thinking about laminating your kitchen floor with um spot gloss Poe Dameron cards that kind of thing uh well I've given a lot of them away now <laughs> <laughs> so how how many how many store champs have you won now I think that's five now okay not bad not bad uh, five more than me um. So well done. Um, I mean, I, I, so like the reason we've got you on is because obviously you've you're probably the sing, singly most successful store championships person in the UK. Um, I think somebody in America might have topped you in terms of total store championship wins, but um, never mind. Um, I'm sure you can cope. Um, it, but you know, I was just really interested to get your take on kind of how the meta shifted over the course of the last kind of six months that we've had store champs um and uh and kind of your thoughts about what we're going to see in the competitive environment kind of going into worlds um we'll get into that after we've talked about the individual events themselves um so um what way round should we do this should we skip through the lists from the ones that you weren't at or should we go for the one that you were at first and then skip through the lists afterwards uh, I don't mind whichever way you fancy. Oh right, okay. I'll be um, I'll 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 be decisive, and I'll say that we're going to talk about the replay game store championships first. So, um, replay game store championships was held in Northern Ireland in a little town called Bangor, which happens to be where I'm from. Um, I couldn't go, and I was really upset about not being able to go. Um, 
basically because you know it should have been one of those cheap ways to travel and play an event because it's literally five minutes away from my parents house um and you know i could have basically gone for the price of a flight and everything else would have been covered by just living with mum and dad for a couple of nights but um it wasn't to be for me however for a country that has or for a, a local scene that has got about three or four maybe as many as five locally active players there were 23 people in the end went to the store championships and a lot of them traveled across the water from scotland england wales no yes maybe uh, there were maybe. people from the welsh xtc team um yes. there so it's all fine um you know, up from kind of Dublin uh, and other parts of the, the Republic of Ireland as well. So, um, and it's not putting it lightly to say that it was a bit of a shark tank. Um, there were a lot of very accomplished players and kind of the bottom half of the ladder are people that you would normally expect to see at the in the top half of a ladder at other tournaments or doing well or you know challenging for cut so yeah it was um bit of a yeah. bit of a rude place to go and play x-wing um but you managed yeah. to to win the day five five and oh is that right yeah you went yes. five oh yeah yeah i did i did manage to go five oh which was nice yeah i think i think we'd worked out before we started the day that there was about 10 people there that already had their world invites out of mm-hmm. 23. And that was, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come to the story, to, to the tale of the invite tape later on um, and what happened with that one, because that one went right down to the wire um, as well. But obviously you already had an invite, um, you won. Um, you were using a Republic list, uh, no, a, re- a, re- a resistance list. Um, I was yes, I do say. Um, what what was the list you were you were flying, and what were your thoughts behind taking that to this? Um, so I've been chatting to a lot of people about lists at the moment. I guess one downside to flying so many different lists and so many different factions throughout a point cycle is quite a lot of list indecision because mm-hmm. lots of things are good, and um, wasn't quite sure what to play. And I was chatting to a few people and. Um, they pointed me in the direction of some of the lists that were doing well in the US that I might not have necessarily seen and picked up. Um, so one of them was a list with Commander Poen. Um, I can't remember the guy's actual name, but he goes by the Discord handle Biophysical. Yeah. Um, and he uh, won an event in the US with Commander Poe. And um, the other thing I was looking at and I was quite interested to test out is Ryan Stanizewski's take on Resistance, where he has a lot of copies of Ferris Fair Paint around. Mm-hmm. So I kind of looked at them, mashed the two lists together a bit, changed some pilots to suit me. Um, but yeah, so I ended up with Commander Poe, who had Heroic Marksmanship, Ferris Fair Paint, Alpha Astromech, Overdrive Thrusters, uh, S4s and Plasma Torpedoes. Yep. LOSD with Predator, Heroic, Ferrisphere Paint, S Foils. Uh, Snap Wexley with Heroic, Ferrisphere Paint, R68, S Foils. Lulo in the A Wing with Marksmanship, Ferrisphere Paint, a Shield Upgrade. 
and then BB-8 in the transport pod with Chewbacca crew. Okay, so you've got a six, two fives, a four, and a three. Yeah. You've got four copies of Ferrosphere pinned. Yeah. So you're basically saying if you lock me, you're super predictable next turn. Yes. You've got a little bit of munitions. You've got a lot of re-rolls and things like that kicking about. I think your only single modded attack, well, other than BB-8, Lulu's a single modded attack. Yes. In there, but LO's got Predator, so it's like one and a half. Um, So you've got double mods on Poe and Temin, and then you've got um, kind of big single modded guns as well. Um, So, I mean, it feels like a bit of a combined arms list. Um, Yeah, so... I took because of course I took I took a version of like five ship resistance to the XTC and I won a store champs with it and took it to Cardiff store champs and um, it's definitely a solid list five five of the four point options in resistance because resistance has some really really good four point options at the moment yeah but um, I was just finding it wasn't for me there was lots of things in the list that sort of felt like I had to tether it to other ships. So like I had Jess Parva that felt like it needed to be around other ships and Zori <laughs> that feels like it needs to be around other ships. Um so I wanted to break away from that a little bit. And this this list sort of does that because none of them really need to be near each other or um really joust or move in a block or anything like that. It, there's quite a lot of flexibility in it all. Yeah. Um, I mean I like I like this list obviously. I'm I'm a bit of a resistance fan, even if I'm a bit down on them at the moment. And I do like the fact that they're not tethered together. Um the thing that I do like though is that you've got three four pointers and there's a a definite put put what you want in here um kind of vibe to it. You know, you could have Lulo or you could have Zori or you could have Jess or you could have, you know, Elo, Zori, Jess and not have Temin. Um, you know, if you want to fly a block of three with Poe um you know and bb8 doing objective things you could do that as well um i think yeah. the the different dynamic that you get from temin as a as an objective runner like there's no no ship in the game better than heroic temin four straight boosting claiming yeah. and just being like no if you want to chase me down you can do but i've got heroic and a focus um and i'm just riding out over here claiming points before I'm going to cycle back in once you decide I'm not worth it. Um, all of the ships are hardy enough that they can take a punch. Um, even BB-8 can take punch. Like, yeah. he's got four health, so, you know, and, and two greens, and usually a calculate. And if they're going to expend two or three shots taking him out, then that's two or three shots that aren't going into your valuable endgame pieces. But I think mm-hmm. the pole build is super interesting because I've flown something like this in the past and i find overdrive thrusters weird on commander pole because it's like every other turn you can use it unless you want to double mod a shot or yeah. every turn you can use it for focus roll and do double like double sized rolls it almost like i don't know if that's Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I, I don't like Overdrive Thruster on Commander Poe because it's not every turn. Um, yeah, it's just so, uh, But I don't know what I would do with those points. <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, I look at it and I think, well, what would I do instead? I don't know. Um, yeah, so 
that was part of it for me. Like I, I wanted plasma torpedoes. They're just so good in the meta at the moment. There's so much one agility. There's so many ships with shields and things. Plasma torps are a really good tool to have, and because Commander Poe only gets the one munition slot, which is the the ship ability essentially, because the he doesn't have it as his normal slot. Yeah. It, unlike if you looked at the Flyboy Poe and things like that, who could take double munitions, Commander Poe can't. So you are limited with the other options that you've got for him. But the the other thing for me, and one of the reasons why I went with overdrive thrusters, is he's a six point ship, and he's just as easy to kill as your four point ships. Yeah. Um, but having overdrive thrusters on him makes him really hard to pin down, and he, he's a great way to actually just protect six points in your list. And if they go hard after him, he can get away. Yeah. I mean, just looking at your other options, it's things like Pattern Analyzer because he's got a double tech slot or, you know, uh, a more expensive second um, talent, you know, like putting something like Lone Wolf or, yeah. I don't know, don't know trick shot or something bonkers on there, but or Swarm Tactics or Squad Leader or something and I use him as a support piece, but I suppose you don't want your six points ace. Um, flying around giving other people actions um, often. I mean, that is his job, but um, it's like every so often he'll give somebody else an action if he's going to K-turn and they happen to be active, but usually you want to save those double actions for him because he's your he's your ace piece, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I used his ability on another ship once in five games. Um, and it wasn't super essential. It was more just being cautious and it was to reduce shots that that ship was going to take um yeah. but for me it was very much i used him like an ace like an i6 he came in flanking a lot he very rarely came in at the front of anyone um and it was really nice to have that option yeah i mean as you said before it's it, it's very un unresistance like because there's nothing there that wants to be with its friends and usually resistance is kind of dominated by the power of friendship and you know there's a block there and a couple of flankers or you know um especially like if you look at five ship resistance like i know there's other archetypes that fly very differently but um it's very obvious that you can set these five ships up kind of spread across the mat and then use the maneuverability use the boost action and stuff like that to shift them to where you need them to be um after the game starts rather than trying to be like Right, I'm gonna joust across this um, and hope that you land in front of me. I mean, nobody joists resistance anymore because they all know it's stupid to joust resistance. So um, you've set up a list that enables you to force a joust by almost casting a bit of a net and being able to close it in on them from lots of different angles. So yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. Um, briefly talk about Liam because uh, he's not here, so we can be nice about him. Um, so Liam, <laughs> so so Liam came in um, second. Uh, so I think you beat him on the final table. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like a, he jumped to second, having you know submarine from a, an earlier loss. So you were both four and zero going on to final table. Liam's yeah. been flying this um, six ship separatist thing. Is the mm-hmm. easiest way that I can describe it, um, and he's got um, dirge in a rogue class starfighter with 
proton cannons and concussion bombs and other things. Um, Volan Das and a Tri Fighter with marksmanship and afterburners and overtuned modulators. Chertek with Ensnare. DFS 81 with energy gel shell charges and independent calcs. And then two Rumbas, um, DGS 286 and DGS 047. Um, one of them is before you engage, you can choose another friendly ship and that ship transfers the calculate token to you. Um, and the other one is after you perform an attack, if the defender is in your front arc, you can acquire a lock. And if they're in your bullseye, they get a strain as well. So um, sorry, after you attack, um, he's got Kalani um, on one of them, which is um, allows people to get free target locks if a ship lands in their bullseye. So um, it's got three charges that recur. Uh, three a turn so basically it's almost constant um like if you land in a bullseye in front of this that ship that you've landed in its bullseye gets to lock you uh which when you've got ships like dirge with um dead to rights it's really rude because he's throwing double modded things into you and then you can't spend your green tokens um so um He's been flying this around a lot, and it's it's quite good. It's a six-ship list. Um, it's a swarm, so it's got the advantage of it's not really worth the effort of killing some of the things. So the, the Vulture and the two HMPs are two and three points. His other ones are, are fours. Um, he's got good objective pieces in his Vulture and his Roombas. He's got good support pieces in his Roombas. He's got Chertek, who is an absolute terror for aces that move after it or for low initiative ships that move before it, because it's a Nantex with Ensnare. Um, and then he's got Volandas, who is a tri-fighter who has the um, the joy of just rolling those overtuned modulator turns, double modded, um, big three dice bangers. So what, what did you think of Liam's list when you played against it, Dom? I really like it. I do like it. Um, I mean, I do like my Separatist anyway. It's definitely, it's a faction I've played a lot of myself. Um, it's what I actually got my invite with in this point so I call it separatists. Um but no it's really good. And like the having the two um the two HMPs and the vulture is dedicated uh basically objective monkeys and then you've got Chertek that's also perfectly happy to pick up a box if you want. So there's very few lists in the game at the moment that have four ships that are quite happy to pick up a box in salvage with no real downside to them. Um yeah. And yeah, like Volan and uh, Jara threat, and I was I was surprised with how effective Kalani was as well. Yeah, we um, were six ships. It's the same theory as R sixty eight, isn't it? It's like yeah. there there will be bullseyes; they will happen. Um, I might as well take advantage of them when I get them, rather than chasing them on one ship. It's like, well, if I've got one ship, that means that everybody's bullseye is relevant. Then I don't care if they happen. I'm just happy that they do, sort of thing. I think his only ship that really cares about Bullseye is Dirge for Proton Cannon. Yeah. Um, I mean, Volan's got marksmanship for the spare point, but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've played against it a bit. Have you have you faced this list down, Tim? Uh, sorry, Liam's list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've played it, yeah. It's, yeah, um, it's scary, uh, that's for sure. I mean, I, I did... I can't remember when it was competition or not, but I think I ended up... I, I, had chosen to run a seven ship republic list, um, so we had swarm versus interest. But yeah, Dirge is still a pain, certainly for Republic, because um, obviously a lot of Republic tricks these days are uh, sort of about spending green tokens on defense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I think it's uh, it's got some legs, and I, I did play Liam quite early on as well with it. Uh, he's had quite a bit of practice. In yeah, I think he's <clears throat> tweaked it. I think he's changed one of his rumbas. Um but I'm not sure. Um, we'll ask him next week. Um, but yeah, I mean, DFS are 81 while a friendly ship at range 0 to 1, so himself defends it, can spend a calculate to change all crits down to hits. So um, independent calculations, it's unlikely to get one-shotted because of weird rules. And then it's got energy shell charges for if you don't bother shooting at it. And yeah, e- even the Initiative 3 little vulture droid, who's really there to sit on a, an obstacle at the back, either holding a crate or claiming a, a satellite um, or sitting next to a scramble point, um, pointing vaguely towards the fight and just being like, well, you can come over here and tag it, but I'll, I'll tag it straight back next turn um, kind of thing. So um, having that absolutely dedicated piece, it doesn't even have to move. Like you don't even have to wiggle them about like Sabine and BB-8 where you've got to move them around. It just literally can sit on the rock, take two calculates and, occasionally pop an energy shell charge at somebody which yeah. it can reload as well yeah i mean i think that's the only thing i found and, and it's a reoccurring problem with the um not recurring problem but it's a theme i guess of the droid swarms is that several your pieces are quite low initiative um yeah. but then you know the rumbas have got quite a lot of health um so unlikely to get one shotted um but i guess if your opponent goes all in they could probably initiative kill one yeah, I mean, Roombas go get one rounded, particularly the the I one Roomba is, um, but the they can stay alive because they can wiggle in weird and interesting ways um, because they can side slip. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it counteracting the the normal weakness with Volan and Dirge both at I five. Um, I think the only thing that this really doesn't want to see is one of those kind of I five and six. Um, first order lists um, where everything's just initiative killing like after about turn three every turn will just something will be dying to an initiative kill um, but if you can ride through that or you can get yourself in a winning position in the first couple of turns when you've got the health um, to to take those shots then it could be unassailable so anyway interesting list from Liam homebrew concoction he actually enjoys flying it which is nice um, fourth, uh, sorry, third place, and the winner of the invite was Chris Bobby, who hasn't put his list into Longshanks. Um, so we can just be rude about him. Um, uh, Dom, I, I have did, you got a vague memory about what Chris was flying? I did play uh, against I it. Yeah. Yeah. So I played against it in a in a practice game. But go uh, go on, Dom, if you can remember. I was going to say the only thing I can remember was it was Rebels and it had Han in it, but. <laughs> So I'm pretty okay. sure it was Han, Luke, Bodica. I want to say Hera. Did he no, have a B-wing? Yeah, Sabine. Uh, Sabine and Hera B-wing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Hera B-wing because it was the double tapping. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It was Gina Moonsong. Gina Moonsong B-wing. Let me just pop that into Yasby and make sure that's a little And nice. Sabine TIE Fire. Pretty sure, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, that that counts up. So um so Chris came third. Um and he beat out fellow Sith Taker to a Sean Milligan. Um 
who anybody at the STO will know him as the cheerful Geordie fella who sits with the tablet. Um, and last time when Tim was having the, the, the year off, was doing all the pairings and, and all the background stuff. Um, he lives around the corner from me and I've known him for absolutely years and he's a really good tournament player. Like, it's funny because when we play kitchen table games, I win nine games out of 10, go to a tournament and I go like evens or worse and he's always in the fight for cut. Like, he's a really, really solid, he's just good at tournaments. I don't know what it is. Um, he missed out on strength of schedule. So he got four and one, him and Chris both got four and one um, along with Liam. Uh, Chris's strength of schedule was 1.44. Sean's was 1.36. So 0.08 strength of schedule below. Um, both Chris and Sean wanted an invite. Both have already booked to go to Worlds. So um, it was great that it was being battled over by the players who went 4-1 and one rather than rolling down. Um, as you said, you know, there were 10 players there who already had invites. But um, it was awesome that it didn't go to, you know, the 11th place player kind of thing. Um, no disrespect to Craig, who came eleventh, by the way. <laughs> interestingly, they also both lost round one. Yeah, yeah. So Sean lost to you in round one, didn't he? No, uh, Sean, Sean lost the Dale. Sean lost to Dale in round one by one point. Yeah, and Chris Bobby lost to Connor in round one. Yeah, um, and both of them were flying uh, Rebel Hand. So I know Sean flies the the five ship version with. Um, I think he. He has been using Holoke and Sabine Luke, um, and then two A-wings, um, I think. Oh, no, one, one A-wing, one Y-wing. Um, but, yeah, Sean's been on that kind of... But it was almost from UK Games Expo. I think he's been using it since then because um, he kind of went, well, this seems good. And he did well there as well. I think he, he was just shy of cut there as well. So, um, so well done to Sean. Um, the TO himself, Connor Holmes, Catterbury, came fifth with um, a first order list. Um, from all reports, I have heard that despite the amateur hour lack of lists, and Connor will be spitting at the stereo in his car now, amateur or what? Um, except for he'll probably be swearing more. Um, but <laughs> lack of lists in Longshanks, rude. Um, Connor was flying. Uh, first order he's put his list in good good boy but yeah from all reports it was a it was a well-run smooth day with an enormous prize table is that is that fair good yeah yeah so there was um a, like a bounty table at a store champ so every round people got cards and there was um metal tokens like the mando helmets and stuff from louis kits were there they had yeah loads of stuff there was painted ships um yeah huge huge amount of prizes everyone came right came away with at least something yeah awesome i love like i love that at events where you get um you get price support rolling down through the whole um it's one of the things we try and do at the sto um between the bounty board and and a bunch of other stuff to try and make sure that the pricing goes as deep as possible and that it's not just concentrated in kind of eight people or whatever um who you know happen to do well um so um yeah that's um that's the replay store championships in northern ireland um we've not talked about the most fun bit which is that storm asia meant that basically everybody who traveled to northern ireland from england for the event ended up having to spend an extra night um in an airbnb or in a hotel or something and were or in an airport um getting on and off planes while they were delayed and then cancelled and then rescheduled and then delayed and then cancelled again. So um, yep. 
the reason Liam's not here is because um, when they first entered into the hokey cokey, they just said, you know what, we'll go back tomorrow. But then they got rescheduled for an evening flight. So then they got to spend the whole of today, basically, a day of recording um, in Northern Ireland, not quite sure what to do, waiting for a plane. So, um, yeah, fun, fun, fun. Turned out that in order to leave, you had to win because you actually got you got you got out, didn't you, on the on the Sunday? No. Did, um, you, did you get back this morning? I got back this morning. We we it looked like my flight was going to be okay. There was no 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 delays, no cancellations showing up or anything like that. And then it got to my flight time, and it was still nothing on the board. <laughs> about, <laughs> about twenty minutes later, I told should that be getting on now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, surprised, considering we should have taken off. It's fine. Yeah, so I was on a half six in the morning flight this morning. Nice. Did you so, get a lovely, a lovely complimentary stay in a Premier Inn or something, and near the airport? Well, no, because I I stayed with Pond and um, the Boltons, and Pond was always coming back today. Mm-hmm. So uh, they still had the Airbnb that we stayed at. So right. I got on the tra- train back to Bangor and um, just stayed another night in the Airbnb. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> so you've you've visited my hometown. Never mind. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a tired and fading seaside holiday resort town, basically. That's um, chronic underinvestment for years, but it does good ice cream and good pints. So that's about all you're looking for. So we we found um, a lot of decent pubs. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, <laughs> as I said, good ice cream and good pints. That's that's what you go there for. Um, Cool, awesome. Right, so that was the replay store championships. Well done again, uh, Dom, for winning it, and to Chris Bobby for getting his invite. Um, and uh, once again, congratulations to Connor for successfully running uh, his uh, his first major store championship event. Um, right, let's just quickly go through Firestorm. Um, congratulations to Denny the Sicilian, Denny. Like Denny, a uh, friend of the show, comes to the STO, always happy, always smiling, always laughing. One of the most genuinely lovely um, X Wing players. He's not put his list into Longshanks, though, so he's dead to me. Um, well, well, I know what his list is. Is and it your list? No, and Denny actually <laughs> didn't win the event either. <laughs> it, he went 4 0. It says on he here did. he went 4 0. He did, and then they did the top to cut four, which isn't shown on Longshanks, but I do know what happened. <laughs> Okay, so Denny, top Swiss. Congratulations, Denny. Uh, going 4 0 with your resistance list. Um, he was actually running Empire. <laughs> right, fine. <laughs> D- Denny was running double decimators. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm not entirely um, sure what else was in the list, but he was running double decimators. So, se- second in Swiss was um, Niels, a uh, recent guest on the podcast, uh, Niels Dettert, um, who uh, was flying ETA Anakin, uh, so Sock and Siege of and Anakin, uh, Kickback, Oddball, Wolf, Click, and Slider. So, a bit of a combination clones and Jedi list rather than taking the uh, the six clones or the the Padme or the double Jedi or whatever. He's got the one cheap, why would you not? Jedi and um, five clones. Um, so, uh, also in top four, Ed Gold. Um, from the one eight six, who, who was he was flying resistance? 
He was flying resistance. Uh, yeah. So he's flying the, the list that we've previously talked about. The take five four pointers out of resistance and put them together in a list. So his choices were Elo Lulu, Zori, Jess Pava, and Snap Wexley. Um, and then the last person in the top four was Sam Hen from the Mandos, who was flying first order with Quick Draw, Midnight, Commander Malarus, Kylo Ren in the Whisper, and Whirlwind in Whisper. Um, so nice bit of a combination: one Imperial, one Republic, one Resistance. Uh, sorry, uh, and one First Order. Yeah, in top four. Um, <clears throat> so who won then? Uh, Ed won. Ed won. Cool. Yeah, so Ed, Ed Gold won. It ended up being Ed versus Denny in the final. And again, both of them were after their invites. Okay. Um, um, I do believe, well, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they both were planning to come anyway. Um, I know that Ed has an LCQ ticket, so he was definitely yeah. planning to come. Um, but yeah, so Ed won the final. Um, the score ended up not being that close. Um, but from everything I've heard, it was a very close game. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, two decimators to deal with, being Rack and Mourner. Uh, quite a lot to chew through. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as soon as you said the score wasn't close, and I've just opened it up and said, Zori has plasma torpedoes and Elo has a jamming beam. So yeah. there's a lot of, I'm just going to half one of your decimators now, and then next turn I'm going to kill it. And there's nothing you can do about it because this resistance list, if it does one thing really well, it is it drops decimators. Yeah. Like it, it can almost one round a decimator if it gets lucky crits. Like it genuinely is a terrifying, terrifying list combination. Um, yes. It just shreds them. So, right. Congratulations then to Ed. Commiserations to Denny. I'll see you in the LCQ. I'm starting to get sad, by the way, because I know that I am going to meet an, a, a fellow Brit or somebody that I know really well in the LCQ in either round one or round four. And I'm like, yep, it's going to happen. I'm going to travel all that way. I'll probably travel all that way and play against Sean, who lives around the corner from me <laughs> and, who I've, and who I've known since he was 16. And one of the two of us will put each other or the other one out of the LCQ and just sit there going, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sorry. Um, and it'll probably be him putting me out because I'll have massively overthought everything and had have had about one hour's sleep the night before, as as usual before big events. Um, so yeah. Anyway, well done to um, well done to Ed. Um, Las Vegas Open LVO. Um, so it's a three day event because it's a huge forty um, k tournament with a bit of X wing tagged on the side. Um, they had two heats with eight people from each heat getting through. Uh, one of the heats had 39 players in it. The other one had, I think, 26. Um, so, yeah, it was a really big cup um, for what was basically, um, yeah, it was, it was just a really big cut. Like three and twos got into cut um for for this event um it is a world's qualifier but um it's always a bit weird um same as france in a way though because we had top 16 yeah i always find it weird when events that should have a top eight have a top 16 because they've already decided that they're going to have a top 16 before they get player numbers and they don't just kind of look at it and go do you know what top four from each of the two days can can come in um and then we'll just have a, sh a smaller cut um 
it's always just a bit yeah I, I don't know like i guess if you're at the event and they they say oh it's top eight in each of the two days goes through to the top 16 that feels good um you know because it's nice to make cut i think um, yeah just just sort of talking a bit about that i mean i if i was doing that i would probably say like four and one record or 12 points because then it yeah. doesn't matter if you because you have you have a disparity in player numbers over the two days so top four on day one with the 26 players yes all your four ones make it but day two because they had an extra 13 players uh looks like two four ones don't make it so i would yeah. probably, i would probably say that all them make it so you end up with what 10 people progressing so there'll be a playing round but yeah. I, I get what I mean, you're saying. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, uh, the, I I agree with you on the format. Like that's why we run um, X and ones get in because um, last year we ran to a straight cut and one of our four and one players didn't get in um, because we said it's straight top sixteen and we had a seven. Sorry, we had two. We had a seventeen and an eighteen who were both four and one, um, and we were kind of like, yeah, it feels bad, but sorry. Um, we're not changing the format of the event now just because we feel bad. Um, but we've taken it on and we've changed it around so that this year we're going to have every four and one is going to progress. And then we're going to have a play in round at the end of day one, where I think probably f- four players, maybe two games, maybe three games will happen when everybody else has started drinking. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> well, there'll be kind of six people tucked in at the back of the room continuing to play X-Wing while everybody else is eating pizza and having a good time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, if you're going to shrink the cut, you need to shrink it in a way that means that people get in. And I, I think that's what we liked about the... It was the system opens, wasn't it, where they started doing that, mm. where they kind of said, look, that as soon as you lose two games, you're out. But as long yeah. as you've got only one loss, you, you continue to qualify, you continue to go through, and everybody with only one loss will get into cup. But like they had the they had the grand drop rounds. Like I think it was after round three when they like lost half the players, and it was like yeah, I mean, it took, took them an hour and a quarter to process it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, we did that because I I'd lost my two games <laughs> at one of the games expo events and, and got dropped. But I think yeah, certainly I think rather than a fixed cut having a record, be it wins or points or whatever you want to do, if you have multiple feeder events, the multiple qualifying days is a lot fairer because, yeah, you don't get that disparity between a small day and a... Like, the Fridays are generally smaller because people are travelling. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. just yeah. My, my thoughts. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's because it's, it's a big convention. There's obviously going to be people there early. but um, So, anyway... Um, Day one, um, kind of the. Am I looking at day one? I am looking at heat <laughs> one day one. Um, innkeeper, um, topped Swiss with a five and zero record. Um, with uh, a six ship clone list with two torrents, three arcs, and a um and a Z ninety five um probably boost yeah uh, boost. Um, so he's got axe kickback, and then the three siege of course on arcs is basically um. I think they're all Siege of Coruscant, aren't they? Apart, apart from the Headhunter. Apart from Boost. Yeah, apart from the Headhunter. So a really easy list to keep track of in your bag because it's just um, seven cards. Um, second place was uh, Marcel Manzano from Gold Squadron. Um, so he's taken Anakin in the 7B with shield upgrade, so a big, chunky 7 health um, 
double modded death cannon um, with oddball and wolf um he's got the build your own version of wolf that i think everybody takes as a as an option with r4p veteran tail gunner and expert handling um then he's taking click um as a bit of a defensive tech um with seismic charges and then slider is his choice as a as a two-point objective runner interesting because he can side slip which is always really nice it's handy um then i mean just looking at this this is a ridiculous kind of top end uh third was um doug howe flying and we'll talk about this a little bit more um because doug won the event um so congratulations doug um but he's got silencer kylo then galek malarus um in fo's lahue's in an sf and then dt in an fo so dt 798 um, we'll talk about his list in a minute because it is filth um, and it must be stopped in any way possible. Um, and then the last of the kind of, I'm just going to do four uh, of these, um, is another um, of the three arcs, two torrents and um, slider, not slider, boost probably. Yeah, boost. Um, so um, Jokus, um, who I think was the guy who came second. Um, uh, be, yeah, your your guy. <laughs> Okay. Jorge, uh, yeah. Castadia. Yeah, he came. Castadia. Yeah, he came second. So, yeah, the the nickname on Roll Better makes sense for him to be that guy. Um, yeah, he. Indeed. I think he won the Vancouver World Open qualifier with the same list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's proficient, very proficient with it. Um, we've got um, day two. We had two Imperials. Um, so crazy game in velvet. Buddha or Velvet Brother, can't even see. Um, so, Crazy Games was Tomax, Bren, Major Rhymer, Deathfire, Rare, Rare Admiral Shiranu, and Feroth with Triple Zero and Ruthless. Um, Velvet Buddha was um, Rack, Mornaki, Tomax, and Major Rhymer, so Double Deathy, Double Bomber. Um, then Daniel Lim, Isofin, um, whose affiliation, by the way, is everyone. Isn't he lovely? I mean, he genuinely is one of the nicest people I've met. Keep saying that about lots of people, but it's true. Um, Oddball Wolf Broadside Contrail Click and Kickback. So, bit bit of a different one with Broadside in there in the Y wing. Um, I mean, this is Republic Counter Twenty territory, isn't it? Um, and then in fourth place was Tyler Tippett flying the, um, <coughs> the the what we call the Paul Heaver uh, three arcs Anakin and Padme uh, Republic thing. I mean. I'm picking up on a, I'm picking up on a meta mm. in America. Um, Even if you look down the top eight in both events, um, you know, it's very much Republic, then Imperials, then probably uh, you got a little bit of Rebels and a little bit of um, Resistance. But yeah, I think what's that? You got two Republic there. Yeah, you're looking at like sort of across the two top eights, you've got uh six Republic, six Imperial. Oh, and obviously Doug Howell's only first order, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very heavy towards those two particular factions. Yeah. I think there was, I think there was 64 players in total, 19 of them were Empire and 16 of them were Rebel, so really heavy Empire in. And this the is, I mean, and that's um, it as well. Sorry, I was going to just say there, Dom. It's like sometimes when you get a lot of people taking that faction, that will mean there's a lot in cut. 
but obviously these are so good players taking these factions that are progressing into cut and and then you've still got those out outliers of you know sort of your Doug Howells, um, your uh, what was um, your Isophane? Not Isophane, sorry. Oh, no, the uh, CIS list didn't quite make it. No, there's what one CIS list in sixty-four. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the surprise though is 16, 16 rebels, only four bought Han. It's it's not popular in America. It's really not. Um. But we had nine lists with Rack. Do they know something we don't know about, about the pre-world's point? Do they know something we don't know? I don't know. Um, I just remembered that Pattern Analyzer, by the way, existed as a as a thing. So um, I've, I've opened that up for these because um, it's interesting um, stuff. But, yeah, I was just when you were talking about, you know, what factions actually made it through. Um, so... Um, Yes, the faction performance. Sis was terrible. Scum was bad. Rebels Empire Resistance were okay. First Order were good. And Galactic Republic had um, a really high cut conversion rate, um, basically because not many people used them. And most people who did use them uh, made cut. Um, So they're very good as well. well. A shout out to the lonely CIS player. So it's TJ Woodbury. Finished ninth on day one, missed cut by 0.08 strength of schedule, uh, and Oof. he took double infiltrators, dirge, and HMP bite things. Yeah, more yeah. Dooku. Yeah, so like I saw him on stream briefly, but um, and, like if he's the only CIS player to finish ninth and just miss cut is a pretty good game. Especially with mm. something like double infiltrator, which like we haven't seen anything like that in this points meta at all. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy things in here. Somebody's, you know, using like a seven ship rebel swarm, which I've I've played about with and is a really, really interesting combination of ships. Um somebody's used five resistance A wings. Um, you know, there's been some cracking stuff um has been brought out. Um but yeah, looking at the top end of it, it's we're in a we're in a, a certain kind of a meta where big, big beef is um seems to be the order of the day. Like just lots and lots of tokens lots of token sharing as well in that in those republic lists because you've got the born for this people grabbing tokens from all over the place in these uh siege of coruscant ships um you know interesting to see the pivot away mostly from um the anakin padme combo there was a lot of that around before but it seems to have tapered off as one of them got into cut um so we'll we'll talk about the the cut i guess um so as i said earlier i just mentioned the event was won by doug howe with his first order list um the rest of the top four was um well the the, the top table was was joe cass um jorge um with his essentially ginormous pile of clone beef um so the three siege of coruscant arcs the axe kickback siege of coruscant torrents and then uh boost with i think a yeah, predator um then other top four people, um, Daniel Lim, so Isophane and Tyler Tippett, um, again with Republic. So um, three Republic arc heavy lists and one First Order list. And First Order won through. Um, and I think it's interesting. I mean, like I'm kind of going down and it's scary because I'm going down kind of the 
the top eight and it's like first order republic 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 imperial republic rebel and the rebel didn't have han it had kanan and a ghost ivan verlaine and a y-wing and luke sabine and probably keel um so it was a kind of a yeah luke sabine keel so it was like a, a very off meta choice which has gone into cut um and has lost to one of the it's lost to, to Jorge, um who came second um in cut um in, i mean is this what we're expecting to see at worlds do you think Tom? Uh, i definitely think you're going to see something you're definitely going to see these archetypes and things every, uh, in a lot of places so yeah six six or five ship republic because i think annie padme still around like there was eight republic lists over the course of the two days of the lvo and three of them still had annie and padme in them yeah, um, yeah. so it's definitely around but yeah i think that we, we are seeing the six ship become maybe slightly more popular we've been seeing it over in the uk more as well um and it's definitely something you're going to have to know how to play against um and it's really strong especially in objective scenarios there's three medium bases for things like assault if you if anyone gets the chance to actually go back and watch that top four game of Hore versus the um the canaan ghost and not very much died but those arcs just racked up the assault points turn after turn after turn um and made it really tough for the rebels to even get close to it mm-hmm. um the Amer- the american meta seems to have a lot of rack in it at the moment as well um the big decimators with bombers and a lot of them are taking fair off in the yep. reaper so again you've got a large base and a medium base plus triple bombers with them with usually deathfire tomax and rhymer i think that's going to be popular um america the americans aren't seeing han a lot but i think if nothing does change in that regard there's a lot of europeans still playing han and i do think you you will see han there um as long as nothing changes in that regard and then um yeah, I, do, I do think beef heavy is is appropriate because yeah five ship resistance is still going to be common and popular um yeah I think first order will will be around. I think there'll be very little scepters, very little scum. I mean, we can talk about first order because we can talk about Doug's list. Um, now, Doug, yeah. th- this is one of these things where this is not all about the list, right? This is not a stick it on the board, nudge it forward, win games, laugh. If anything, I think the clone lists are more like that because as long as you know what the triggers are and what they do, there's a certain level of I'm gonna just push these things across the board and dice magic is going to happen. Um yeah. but Doug's list is just kind of a bit low-key ridiculous because you start off paying seven points for an I5 Kylo Ren in a silencer, which has been kind of like the red-headed stepchild version of Kylo Ren for a while because everybody's fell in love with the whisper because he's only five points. Um, but this is a feature, I think, of Doug's list that he's basically just said, you know what, I'm going to 
have seven-point Kylo Ren sitting with proton torpedoes, advanced optics, lone wolf, and instinctive aim. Which you think about that and you read it and you go, okay, I know what those upgrades do individually. But when you think about as a combination, he's got two force. He takes a focus. He's got lone wolf. He spends a force to fire the torp. Whatever he rolls, he's probably doing three hits in a crit. Unless he does multiple blanks because he's got lone wolf to sort out one blank. Optics to sort out another blank, force to turn over a focus. He's probably doing four. He's definitely doing three from an instinctive aim torp without a target lock. Right. So that's Kylo. So he's just popping damage into people. And if he's not managing to do those torps for whatever reason, if he's not getting those torps off, he's rolling triple modded so he's doing three damage whenever he or three hits whenever he rolls then you've got Galek with a heavy laser cannon proud tradition which means focuses on turnarounds sloops really good for lining up bullseyes um post kind of initial head-on engagement slooping behind somebody better way to line up a bullseye i've yet to hear of it um commander malarus who prints full strings while her ability is active with magpul's warhead Lahues with special forces gunner barrage rockets and marksmanship. So you can have barrage rockets pointing out the back. Yes. You can have special forces gunner, so you've got three dice out the front, or four if you're at range one. Um, and then DT798, who takes a strain to roll three dice with deuterium power cells, because why not? Um, I'm basically watching Doug shredding, basically choosing a ship and halving it one round and then killing it the next. And Jorge's list in the final didn't die because it had born for this. It had token sharing. So it was, you know, grabbing um, grabbing evades from all over the place just to stay alive, basically. Um, leaving a whole bunch of ships strained and stressed and all sorts of weird things. Like he flew it really well to stay in contention, but it, it got to the point where Kylo was, you know, not halved, but was just able to just pile into the fray and just half ships with abandon. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know. Did, did you watch any, any of Doug's games, um, Dom? You mentioned earlier you did. His top, oh, you watched the top four one, maybe? Oh, no, that wasn't his. That was. Yeah, I managed to catch the top four. I missed the final. Um, yeah. I am planning to watch it back at some point because I'd be interested to see how it went. Um, but yeah, I think, as you say, like this is definitely not a list that someone can just pick up and use. Doug's been playing it a lot. It's the same list that he ran for Team America in the XTC. Yeah. Um, so he's been, it been on this list for a while now and he's been having a lot of success with it and do very well. Um, but I do agree with you in terms of like, Silence of Kylo, the, the seven points is a part of the feature. Um, the same as like we've we started seeing seven B Anakin turn up a little bit, also seven points. Those, those ships that are quite hard to kill, very maneuverable, being able to hold seven points is a good feature. Um, and from from everything I've, I've I've seen in comments and stuff, um, Doug Doug flew very very well. Yeah. He's a he's a very very good player, and this list is 
in the hands of a good player. It's a bit like when we've talked in the past about Crispy's approach to playing first order. He's using these lists that a lot of people look at and say, this is crap, I don't understand it. Um, Or I tried that list and it was rubbish, I couldn't make it work. And yet he wins almost every game he plays with it um, because it's not the cards and the upgrades that are doing the winning. It's the fact that you fly that list in a very certain way. um, And if you execute it well, then your opponent suddenly realizes that those four ships across the board that looked like, oh, I just have to pop them one at a time are all individually terrifying pieces. And that if you've got no tokens, this is the crispy approach, by the way, Doug's doesn't do this, but crispy's heavy in on the jam. It's the the fun police squad, as he calls it, which is something that Connor's flown a lot of as well. Um, is the the fun police is like well if you've got if if you've been jammed then you've got no tokens then i'm going to light you up when you've got no tokens and if you don't die when you shoot me back you're shooting back into three green dice so whatever you roll you'll do a little bit of chip damage but i'm opening you up like a can of beans so it's just like you know the these lists these first order lists it's like it's interesting because I think I was talking, I think, to Connor and Crispy a little bit about it before Christmas. I was like, you know, why don't we see First Order a lot at events? Because when it does turn up at events, it does well. You know, they are really, really strong. And I think it's because there's a huge burden of execution on the player. And if you get it wrong, then you lose. And you can't say, oh, my list failed me or, oh, my dice failed me. It's like, no, I, I got my engagement wrong and and, and we lost. Um, yeah. You know, you you can't hide behind other excuses. We're almost, you know, with the Republic list, it's like, oh, it didn't quite work out for me. But um, I don't know. Like that said, you know, I've been saying this about the Republic list. I've flown those big beefy Republic lists and they have just melted to ship uh, to lists that um, Joe Casa, that Jorge has absolutely rinsed himself. So, you know, looking down his tournament run, um, he's absolutely battered things that I previously have struggled into. So there is very clearly, you know, a huge burden of execution in any of these lists at kind of the top level. Um, That Republic Swarm interests me because I'm kind of liking swarms at the moment. Um, But yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like, as as you say, I do think First Order is less forgiving than some of the other factions and some of the other lists that you can you can use. Um, and if yeah. we take Jorge as an example, like he's a phenomenal player. Um, but something he utilised a lot in the couple of games that I did see of him was he bumped his own ships quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, back back to the self-bumping and went, I might take a damage from it 50% of the time. I won't, but it gives me great positional play. And I've still got tokens to help for defense. And like I've still got a load of ship abilities that will give me target locks and re-rolls and all that sort of stuff. So there, there is that element of forgiveness with the Republic of I can actually use that as a feature and bump on my own ships to help me with this positional play because I've still got tokens, I've still got mods and stuff without having to worry about it. Yeah. And, and, and something like the First Order doesn't have, have that level of forgiveness quite so much you, you couldn't use the same tactic with something like that um and it is a tactic and he utilizes it brilliantly and it works it's obviously working very well for him um but yeah as you were saying with like crispy's fun police like connor ran a version of it at 
the replay game store champs this weekend, which also had Silence of Kylo in. Um, and it runs three copies of Magpul's Warheads, and it's terrifying for, <laughs> for, for, for lists. It really is. Um, oh, that's disgusting. I'm, and I'm not going to say me having four copies of Ferris with Paint is due to PTSD from Magpul's Warhead, but it's definitely part of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the thing that Magpulse is often seen as like, uh, oh, well, I guess I'll just take it. But I'm reminded that Nicholas God had the off-meta call in his Malarus build because everybody had taken Malarus with cluster missiles because it fit and it was, you know, double tapping and why wouldn't you? And he took uh, Magpulse and it won him his top four, I think because he was jousting into a rebel list that relied on locks, and he just was like, well, I'll just magpulse you and take that lock away. Okay. Um, and all of a sudden, that whole rebel offense got neutered, um, and then ships started dying. And I remember playing oh, years ago into, I think it was Julian Hood was flying like a four-ship Imperial thing at one of the Sith Taker events. Um, and... He was like, he would just go, right, I'm going to shoot this, and then I'm going to shoot the Magpulse. He'd be like, right, and he'd go, it hits, okay, so you take a crit, and you're like, right, and a jam, oh, and a deplete, oh. <laughs> so now I've got a two dice unmodified return shot onto your three green fifth brother or whatever it was, um, you know, that he was shooting these things with, and it was like upgrades that, Normally, you look at them and you think, nah, I'm not going to take that because I want to do more than that one crit of damage. It's not just the damage output, it's the mitigation of damage back. And I, yes, yeah. variance can happen, and you could end up taking two damage from the unmodified two dice attack, but um, it massively reduces the likelihood of you suffering significant consequences. Um, I'm pretty so sure I, yeah. in, the, in the final. Um... A magpulse was fired at uh, Jorge's uh, jag, and the crit was weapon failure as well. Yeah. So then Jag went to shoot and was like, "I don't roll any dice." Because <sighs> I think did he? I mean, I think he ended up with two weapon failures in that same round and depleted. <sighs> so he he basically went, "I shoot out the front, <laughs> I roll nothing. I shoot out the back, and I roll nothing." Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's super rough, but it can happen because, you know, you take a jam and a deplete and if that and a crit and if that crit is a weapons failure, then your first shot out is minus two dice, which is just awful. Um, and then you're like, well, now I need to fix my weapons failure, which means I don't have a token, which in Jorge's list is kind of fine because you've still got defensive tokens, but you don't really want to be spending your action fixing something like that. Like, so. Anyway, a dog's list, really nice. Doug flies it incredibly well. Um, I've heard people saying that if you watch his top four game, I think, or it might have been his final game, that his turn zero was in, was phenomenal. Um, so I need to go and rewatch that back again and figure out why his turn zero was phenomenal. Um, because I get the impression that there's going to be a lot of six-ship clone beef in the last chance qualifier. Um, because yeah. it does look like the kind of list that you would want to take to the last chance qualifier and then think about flying something different um, in the main event if you make it through. It looks very much like, a yeah, I can just my way to 4-0 with this. Um, so from what I caught of the final, because I was um, 
trying not to die in D&D at the same time. Um, the positioning did seem better from Doug's point of view. There did seem mm-hmm. to be a bit of self-bumping from the Republic. So obviously that cut down on their actions and possibly a bit of damage as well and stuff like that. So um, I'm not sure quite what the deal was with that because obviously I wasn't listening to the commentary at the same time. But um, I mean, you know, it's a it's a you know great achievement for both players getting to the final. But it did look like um, Jorge was struggling a little bit against the first order. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jorge list by the way, tiny rocks. If anybody's wondering, the, the three smallest in the game. He's He's fished out that pebble, the little tiny pebble that came with the um, the Force Awakens core set, which hardly anybody's got because it gets lost really easily because it's about the size of a penny. Um, and then and then the little moustache and then the smallest um, core set one rock as well. Um, a lot of other people have kind of taken big ones um, and it would feel like it turns zero if you're playing against that. And I don't know, like, my turn zero play at the moment isn't great, but I look at that list and I think to myself, I just want to put the three biggest obstacles I have available to me in a big triangle in the middle of the board and say, I'm not going to allow you to bring your formation across this without having to at least vaguely point it in different directions to where you want it to be. Um, Which is why, like, as the Republic player, I take the three smallest rocks. Yeah. So I take exactly the same. I've got exactly the same selection of three, and that and it's partly to do with Han. So it is trying to reduce the amount of obstacles around that Han can benefit from. Um, but it is to yeah try and keep those channels open. So I almost want to win turn zero because then I can put the two biggest rocks that you've brought in two and two in each of your two corners. Yeah, I think that's a um. I think it's a almost a given that you want to win first player on turn zero um, because then you get to choose the, you know, you, you get to choose two of the first three rocks. So if there's three big ones, you get to put those where you want them, um, where your opponent just gets to say, well, I want to block up the middle of the board, so I'm going to put one here. You can put the other two out of the way, and then I need to do the best I can with the small ones that are left. The, um, the only scenario I'm happy uh, losing turn zero is scramble. Because if I want to put all three objectors on one side, I can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, if yeah. they, yeah, if they let, yeah, no, they can't stop you. Cause, no, unless they put one back. Yeah. Well, that's it. They put the first objective down, and if they go like center line on your side, then I can make a triangle <gasps> on that side of the board and. I found that's quite useful with the arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of tactics about it. Turn zero. Yeah, turn, turn zero is huge. And it's it's definitely something that if, if you are going to Worlds or you want to improve your gameplay at events and in, in help improve your standings and win rate, turn zero is, is definitely something that people should look at. Sure. Um, so I think it was chance engagement in the final. Uh, it was, int- yeah. Interesting one I caught, and it must have been like top eight, was I think Doug versus Tyler. Uh, so Tyler Tippett. And mm-hmm. it looks like both players actually placed their objectives dead center, but right on your opponent's like uh, board edge. Well, as far as you can get. So th- three. Um, so it was rather than being the center line of the board, 
Um, it was like in a line the opposite way down the middle. I don't know how you describe it, but so they were they were they were set up basically back in their opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So I've seen that a couple of times, and it tends to be against lists with smaller ship counts, where you're basically saying if you want to tag your home objective, then you need to leave a ship out of the first engagement. Um, so if you're going second and your opponent puts it on the in the middle of the board on either side, you don't really care um, because you can then sling your one back right in their deployment zone and say, you've got four ships. Are you going to leave one of your four ships back there to claim this while I fight your other three with my full list? Yeah, and I've, um, I've seen the uh, Anakin Etta Republic list do that because... They know Anakin can basically bug out halfway through the game, and as he's bugging out, he'll basically go and tag that one in the opponent's sort of deployment zone, yeah. and then come back in. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's in, interesting sort of tactics and thoughts over placement. Yeah, I think I think that's the scenario that has the most kind of strategy behind it. I think the f- we had this chat with Steve Bolton a little while ago. Um, the the ones with five, you could almost print the objectives onto the map. Um, because there's only so many places you can put them, and I think there's one there's one kind of scenario in which they end up in a kind of a more offset way where there's like they're all closer to one player because one of the people falls for it, basically, but when you play against experienced players, you end up with this kind of offset x um that you know there's one at two two in each corner, and then there's one kind of on the or not quite at 2-2, but like down towards each corner and then one kind of on the middle of the board um, in kind of the mid. Yeah, just middle, not... Oh, I don't know how to describe horizontal inverted galaxies on these things. <laughs> um, but yeah, side to side across the middle of the board, you end up with two there and then two like kind of more, a little bit like deeper, one on each side. Um, but yeah, the three objectives of Scramble You've got a lot more kind of wiggle room in play because you can, I think, as you said earlier, Tim, you can, you know, if you go in second, you can make a triangle so that they're both on the same side of the board. Or you can set them up separately, or, you know, you can put one miles away from the other, the other two. You know, it's quite, it's quite interesting, in, in how that one plays out. But, um, yeah, um, so cool. Anyway, congratulations again to Doug Howe. That was top four, by the way. That Tyler Tip at Doug Howe game. Um, so um I did watch bits of that and it was just a bit it was a bit rough um cuz it ended up quite close but it didn't feel close watching it it ended up like 21-19 but it felt like Doug had it in hand the whole way through um so I'm not sure how the score ended up as close as it did um but you know they were basically trading scrambles the entire way through the game um and uh you know like 2-1 flipping each each time um but i guess tyler brought brought it back a little bit because it looked like doug was about to start running away with it when i stopped watching um so yeah congratulations to doug um we will see you at worlds um and hopefully we'll be able to grab beers and stuff and it's all gonna be good um right we're kind of running close towards time um we mentioned a little bit earlier or you mentioned a little bit earlier um I'm kind of jokingly, if they know something we don't, what about if Han is available in his current form? Um, and we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. Um, so th- there have been rumours. They are 
completely unsubstantiated, completely unfounded, but rumors nonetheless, so we like talking about them, um, that alongside the points for Endor, there is going to be a points adjustment and it is going to impact Han. So here we go, speculation. You've got about 30 seconds. Dom, if you're going to fix, in inverted commas, Han Solo, what would you do? Uh, I, I personally don't think Han himself is the issue, so I would affect Bistan, whether that is price Bistan to the level that you can't have Perceptive and Bistan on the same ship, or just ban him. I'm not sure, but I, I would be looking at impacting Bistan if I was going to do anything at all. Okay. Tim? No, I completely agree. I think I think it, Bistan's the problem, not Han. It's it's the double shot, isn't it? It's the double. Well, it's the double shot with uh, all the focus tokens in the world. So, yeah, yeah two two focuses and rerolls from rocks. So Han's pilot ability plus Bistan means two. Not quite double modded shots because Han's reroll can still fail because it's a full reroll. Yeah, but, yeah. No, and absolutely, I think that's the way, isn't it? It's the fact that he's rolling twice um, with the rerolls, and you know, it's, quite often there's one good shot that probably doesn't need the focus token spending, or is just you know, it's just three hits with the focus or whatever. And the other one may or may not be good, but then he's got the focus for defense with with rerolls. But I think yeah, if he was shooting once a turn, it wouldn't be nearly as bad. But, mm. Yeah, if he was shooting, if he was having to choose between, do I spend my focus on my first shot, or do I keep it and take a second shot? That's more of a decision point. So well, that, if you that, can, that's, yeah, if that's you can have perceptive and bistan is is the thing. So you can take perceptive and have two focuses, but only one shot, or you can take bistan and have two shots, but only one focus. Um, that's a more interesting combo, I think. Yeah, the the other thing that they might look at doing is maybe even just errata perceptive co-pilot and and have some counterplay because at the moment you block Han, he just goes, I'll just take two focus tokens and just carries on as normal. But may, maybe if perceptive co-pilot doesn't work on the the bump focus, um, that it gives you some counterplay and 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 some ability to affect that. Yeah. yeah, but don't they just take? Is it Bay's malice then, or or whatever? Is yeah, Bay's Bay's <laughs> is different though because you can't battleship Bay's and get the double focus. You can only get double focus if you've got enemies at range zero to one. Yeah, with Bay's. So that that was the there was a a bit of Bay's turned up because it was a budget version of perceptive. So you, so you could put other stuff onto Han. So. You, you didn't have to not take engine upgrade if you wanted trick shot or whatever. Um, you could basically have all of the things, but the, what you lost out on was the ability to battleship. Um, or you could battleship, but you only had the one focus token. Um, so you had to you had to make choices. But um, I mean, yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, is there anything else like if you were given the power now, other than Han to? tweak one thing in points um what what would you look at don uh oh that's a question isn't it uh <laughs> <laughs> but, but siege of coruscant anakin four points he's a bit rude um, i don't have an issue with anakin uh even though i've been flying republic for god knows how long and uh especially the siege of coruscant clones uh yeah siege of coruscant does seem quite good um but I mean, like this is one of those things. I mean, we, we've we've talked about it previously, 
because they went to a twenty point system, like if you put the if you put the the arcs to five, you put the torrents to four, do you just price them out? And I maybe not the arcs. I think the arcs are still decent at five points, but it, you know, when you then compare them to a four point T seventy and it's like mm. Yeah, like for me potentially maybe oddball arc. Um because with the selfless and the ability to bump and still have focus and a target lock and all that is really good. Mm. But um, I mean, the most, almost the most popular ship being taken at the moment is still Luke. Like Valley yeah, Luke, Luke is boy, Luke fantastic. is so good. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely um, fantastic. And at five points, I don't see why you wouldn't ever take him. Um, he's phenomenal for that. Yeah, so, I mean. Point. So the other Battle of Yavin ship that we used to see a lot of and that has now um, disappeared basically out of the meta, um, well, not really disappeared, but is Battle of Yavin Vader, who was so good, but he just appears to have been like supplanted now, almost in people's thoughts. It's like he used to be like this ever-present kind of force at the top tables of games, you know, where you had the three bombers, Vader and something, um, you know, that super consistent hyper modded three dice crit machine just flying around the board murdering stuff um and he's almost vanished now but i mean was he six or was he five that vader six isn't he he's he's six and i think part of the reason why he's he's vanished is because rack has become more popular and magpulse has become more popular and like the X ones really, really don't like not having target locks. Yeah. Um, so I mean there was still like at the LVO there was a lot of Vaders. Yeah. There's about nine there's about nine or ten Darth Vaders. Now I don't know how many of them were Bally Avin or how many of them were the starter set Vader. But um so he is still around, but as as you say, it's he's definitely dropped in popularity yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna make you commit is your commitment oddball in an arc up to five points i think so that's what you're going with cool what about you tim what's your what's your one what has attracted your ire I don't want to say it, but I mean, I I think you know, oddball to five is probably fair as well. Um, that sounds to me very much like copping out. You've got no, to pick something else. No, no, but no, I, but, but, <laughs> but, but certainly after LVO, like it, it is a little bit disheartening in a way as a Republic player when you see all those Republic lists doing so well, and you're just like, mm, you know, are we are we the problem? <laughs> Um, yeah, there you go. I was on the Republic before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, like you know, you know, the, it's nice to see the Imperials doing well, but the Imperialists have got a bit of variation to them. I mean, you're still seeing, like you say, the Vaders, the you know, the Decimators, the Bombers, but you know, each of those lists is a little different. Whereas the Arcs tend to feature the three Arcs in pretty much every single Republic list, yeah. or at least a lot of them. So, um. Uh, I mean, like the Resistance five ship. I mean, again, maybe you could say Zori, but I don't know. But it's just that that list tends to be the best list in Resistance. 
so you just don't seem to see a lot of variation in resistance lists. You get a little yeah. bit with it in that five ship, um, but again, the T seventy chassis is pointed well. But again, you know, if you move it to five, does it become unplayable um, in the twenty point system? And you know, are there yes. just better better things to take? So. I, don't know. I mean, when they yeah. when they did the points, that was one of the first things that we kind of pointed out as a as a group was, you can put five T seventies in a list now. They're all four points. Look at them, and one of them's Eloasti, and he's I five. It's not exactly set things on fire. It's done okay in a couple of events, and you know people have have done reasonably well with it. It's a very solid kind of core of a list, and I think the lists that kind of Dom and a few others have started coming up with now, where you've got two or three T seventies and then some other stuff. Um, is yeah, but I mean, if I was thinking about what I wanted to tweak, other than the egregious disrespect that was done to um, ZZ taking her, leaving her at five and giving her no loadout rather than dropping her to four, along with all of the other good chips. Um, so you know, ZZ could be fixed, but that's that's a buff. If I was tweaking something down that wasn't a harm, um, I I think I'd probably be looking at something like rack going back up, um, but not just rack in isolation. Those um, seven point sh- uh, ships that are v- virtually impossible to kill in the time frame that games are played out in now, because you know you're talking about six, seven rounds being the average kind of game length if you're lucky. Um, it's almost impossible to kill a decimator unless you're flying a, a dreadful decimator murdering list, um, which aren't so common. Um, so, like, but you know, I bracket that in with Han maybe ray poe um in resistance um there's probably ships in other factions that are in the same space like the crazy um six and seven point ghosts you know like i mean you've even got silence of kylo anakin seventh anakin all those sorts of things and i, th- I think when we're looking at worlds and stuff, I know we've got the new Endor stuff coming and we don't know what that'll be priced at and things but i think and it is starting to appear in dribs and drabs but there are a lot more lists starting to hit the meta where it is they're looking at really holding points um if you look at uh the list that duncan howard won the world open qualifier with and i think uh obi-wan ran it in the lvo so it's yeah. seven yeah. Anakin, uh and addy with clt uh chopper debris gambit and then just oddball and wolf yeah the, the list is basically designed that I've got eight points that you can kill and 12 yep. points that you're not ever going to kill. Yeah. So you have to get at least 12 scenario points or you can't beat me. And we're starting to see that sort of mentality coming in, like with Silence of Kylo being seven points and going, well, he's going to be really, really hard for you to kill and that's going to keep those seven points. And even going back to the list I was using, what I mentioned at Replay Games, Commander Poe is a 6.70 and I'm almost using him as a, well, this is a six points I'm going to protect that you're going to find really difficult to ever get off me. Yeah. That reminds me actually, uh, Thomas Anonymous uh, Rebels. Uh, So that was Kanan in the Ghost. Uh, yeah. but took uh, Evan Verlaine as well, which yeah. is the Y-Wing where you spend a focus and a uh, friendly ship at 0-1 gets an extra green dice for, uh, during that engagement. Um, so basically three agility Luke and also Kanan taking away red dice. Yeah, very defensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tr- and if you shoot... 
yeah, and if you're shooting at anything that isn't Kanan, he's taking away dice. And if you're shooting at Kanan, he could be rolling um, a green as well um, to kind of mitigate things. And Evan had um, uh, selfless as well. Yeah. So, so saying, saying, come, come shoot my Y wing. Pay attention yeah. to my Y wing. So, so if you do look at like the top of LVO, you're looking at a lot of lists which are able to hold points quite well with token sharing, or you've got the seven point ships which are really hard to kill, or you've got like as we said the the Canaan and the, the Y wing making it really hard to kill, or Rack being around with Death Troopers and Vader crew and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of tools turning up of i'm going to make it really hard for you to hurt my list or kill my list and take points that way yeah food for thought yeah yeah it's um i mean my list indecision for worlds is dreadful because i'm i've i've got the two two sides of my brain one is thinking i need something that i can bank on to get me through what the last chance qualifier is going to bring, which I I don't think the LCQ is going to be full of kind of people playing for funsies. I think it's going to be people taking very, very solid lists that, you know, they're like hedging the bets and playing the numbers sort of thing. Um, But then I'm also thinking if I do get through, do I want to bring something different for Worlds? Because, you know, flying off meta in... I'm under no illusions that I would ever have a chance of winning Worlds, but going in and flying something top-end meta in Worlds is just a recipe for getting smashed by people who've prepared to play against that. So now I need to think of something that's good, but not that. Um, But I probably want to fly that for the LCQ. Um, because all those really top players have already got their invites. <laughs> and so this is how my brain is currently spinning at the moment. Um, so um, uh, I currently have a rebel list and a resistance list packed um, uh, for for practicing with, and we'll see what happens. But um, So cool, that's interesting. Um, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Sorry for putting you a little bit on the spot. Um, we're just going to move on to start closing up. Um, for anybody that's still listening who's coming to the Sith Taker Open, um, all of our prizes have arrived. Um, we are ready. Um, we're going to start sharing out some stuff. Um, look out for emails over the next couple of weeks. Um, there's already been a few about things like um, accessibility requirements, dietary requirements, and that kind of stuff. Um, if you are on the wait list, um, it has shrunk dramatically this week. Um, we had, I think, five tickets came available um, as a result of uh, people declaring that they have been unable to attend uh, for whatever reason. Um, of those five tickets, three of them have currently been taken and the other two have slipped the whole way down. So we did have like a 24-person wait list. We currently have um, eight players, um, the two people who are currently um, being given the option to transfer one of the tickets and then six others. So people who I've been saying, you're right at the bottom of the wait list, that bottom of the wait list is fast becoming the middle to the top of the wait list. So um, on that, if you do have a ticket and you're not attending or if you're um, not sure if you're going to be able to attend, do know that while refunds have closed, you can still at the moment get your money back um, because we have got... Um, half a dozen players who are currently waiting eagerly uh, for us to email them and to tell them that a ticket has become available. So 
you know, we'll put you in touch with them. You'll be able to get face value of the ticket back again. Um, so um, on that note, Dom, you're coming to the Sith Taker Open. I am very excited. What, what very are you going to use? Important. What are you going to use this year? Or, or have you got seven factions and seven hundred ships staring at you, all saying, uh, "Use me, use me." I've got at least six lists that I am. I'm in an iron about. <laughs> But Fair enough. <laughs> the, the list that I just used at the weekend is 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 definitely a, a, an option. It was fun to play. The, there's there's definitely a few more things I want to test it against. Like I didn't get to play against Republic uh, at yeah. the weekend, and I only played one game with it before the event. So um, definitely some things I want to I want to try with it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So that's definitely a possibility. I mean, yeah, you only got one game in with it ahead of the weekend, but then you got five games in and you won them all. So yes. you know, there's there's that. It's um de- 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 definitely de- you, you know when people say you you learn more by losing than you do by winning. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> haven't learned a lot about what this list is bad into just yet. <laughs> need need more games. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely part of the thing. So there's definitely things I want to test it against still. Yeah, um, but it's fun. Cool. What about you, Tim? Are you are you full all, all Republic all day? It's most likely Republic. I mean, like, yeah, the the only thing that I think changes my mind at the moment is a surprise. Uh, we were only joking points change. Um, then that that would potentially affect Siege of Coruscant stuff. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's only because it might just change the list. But it, I guess it all, with, with those little changes, it all depends if, if it came how wide it goes if it only targets one or two things does it break my list and harm but doesn't affect say five ship resistance or something like that and then or even the fo lists that are doing well and then do you just jump onto one of those if that's what you wanted to do but i don't know like it's it's most likely republic um yeah i've been trying a few different lists with that yeah there's a lot of stuff that you could flip to it's one of those things when you get the wild west meta is you either stick with something that was strong-ish and has been untouched and that you know you know how to use or you start hunting down the new broken thing for the new points what is going to bubble to the top in three months time and can i be one of the first ones to find it um and have the, the time to rep it out before i get into the event so um yeah sith taker open by the way i'm um, just to reiterate we've said it before um we're not going to have endor unless it lands a full week before the event um if it lands a full week before the event then we will have the we will allow people to use the content um we will allow you to use it on the sunday for the um the side events um because they're you know for fun um so if you've managed to get your hands on a box or if you've got um proxies or whatever then you know we're going to allow people to use those um for the side events but yeah not for the uh not not for the main thing unless it lands a full week before but currently street date for it is the friday before the sith taker open is on the saturday and sunday so um if they do drop a surprise points change on us the week of the sith taker open then that will be not the first time it's happened um and we'll have to take a decision based on i mean it'll be awful but we'll have to take a decision based on how close to the event they actually drop the points um whether we um play with new points or old points but there have been there have been years where the sith taker open has been on the saturday after a points drop changed on the tuesday 
and we've used old points and it just kind of felt like an exercise and everybody just didn't want to be playing these lists anymore um so we're we're going to do what we can to kind of keep ahead of points changes and stuff if they do land it in advance of the event but you know if the points changes land on the friday at the same time as the boxes for endor go live then we are going to have an old points sto again which is just not not what we want to do but you know people will have traveled and packed lists and so on and so forth so it wouldn't be fair on people who are having to travel from further away than just around the corner from the store so um right i think that's us thank you very much for joining us dom um have you got any shout outs you wanted to do uh no just a, a, another thank you to connor and uh chris black andy carolyn and everyone else that was over in northern ireland that hosted us all uh this weekend um is really good uh and nice of them to show us some bars and food places and stuff as well it was a really good weekend yeah cool 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 uh what about you tim uh, so if you are in and around Greater Manchester this weekend, this Saturday, come to Element Games, come play in my event. Uh, I think we're about half full, a dozen players, so still got Worlds 2023 prizes to give away and all the other good gubbins I've got. That's the Saturday, isn't it? Uh, yes. The Wampa Warm-Up, I think it's called. Uh, find it on Facebook. I'll probably share it once more in the UK and Ireland group. Cool. Uh, I'm still trying to get there. Um, with it being on a Saturday, that means um, my, my dad taxi brain's just going over. Um, You're just trying to remember your, what bookings you have for this. I'm week. like, I'm like, so there's trampolining, and that's from eleven till one, but that doesn't coincide with anything else. So we've got two cars so i should be able to bring the second car over blah 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 and yeah that my, my brain is currently doing that well, even, um, even i thought it was could... on the sunday so nah, i'm just double checking so it's definitely the saturday this one like it's yeah. um even if you're going to play some of the games like if i'm playing i don't mind stepping out if you want to play a couple of games no to, to be honest saturday is better than sunday because sunday i have to take freddie to a rugby away game so uh... that's that's me basically out from like kind of half 10 until about one o'clock um so uh, that that sunday was did very very bad for me saturday is achievable but i have to just um see because obviously i'm disappearing for a whole weekend in february and then a whole week in march which is exciting it's very close i have to check my esther status because i think it's good until august but i need to just confirm yeah, that i was i think because you got yours last year they last for two um, so you should be fine. Um, but I got mine last. I went on holiday last October, but my wife's has just expired because she was super keen and got hers early. Um, but I think mine runs up until August next year. But I can check it on the um, US media government website thing. Um, right. That's enough of that. Uh, I'm going to stop talking because I'm tired and I'm starting to babble. So um, thank you very much for coming on again, Dom. And we'll say goodbye from uh, Mr. Flanagan. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Bye. Uh, we'll say goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. See you next time. Ta-da.
jumping and the jump began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds. 